one of my favorite things about like this kind of little small community of artists here is that you really get to see like the progression of people's work over time you know because you're kind of surrounded by a similar group of peers for like all of these years like the idea of this podcast is centered around like you know experiences as, as queer people or however we identify in like rural spaces but I also just feel like like ourselves as humans when we show up and we just are being ourselves like that is kind of part of that too like we're you know representation in a lot of ways and also just like our human experiences are tied into our identities and so it's kind of it's sort of a long way of saying like anything goes that we want to talk about. Hey, my name is Robin Law, the creator and host of We're Out Here. I myself, I'm a small town queer. I did the thing and moved away in my 20s to a big city, then moved back to my hometown of Smithers, BC on Wet'suwet'en territory during the pandemic. Work life, and you know, the globe, was in a total state of cognitive dissonance. There, I said it. We're Out Here is a podcast about growing up queer in the remote communities of Northern BC. To be clear, we're not focusing exclusively on the hardships, though we don't shy away from them either, but rather the strange and unique experience of living in small towns as a queer person, our experiences, coping mechanisms, celebrating queer joy, and finding our community. I am Robin, and we're out here. So my name is Carmen Paola Redenante. I'm a Chilean artist, Niska and Simshan, and I also work out of Witset, but I'm down here in the city going to Emily Carr to finish off my last year. And I am in the process of discovering my identity and what that means to me. So not just as an indigenous artist, but I am basically embracing this side of me that I haven't been fully vocal about as a two-spirit person. It's very new, but it's also something that's been always in the back of my mind. And, and that's what that um, image of the slug really represents for me too, is that when that message came into my life, spiritually is just, it's time for me to embrace that side of myself. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> cool. Thank you for sharing. That's really awesome. Yeah. I'll just like fill on our listeners for whoever doesn't know, but the podcast artwork was a collaboration between you and me, Carmen. And I, sort of asked you if you had any artwork that you'd like to share that kind of represented, you know, identity queerness to you and then helped me turn it into a cover for this podcast. And uh, yeah, you sent me this beautiful slug image. And I think there might, there was like a little story behind mm -hmm. like you coming up with the idea for the image. So I wondered if you wanted to share that. So basically I was on my way to my class at Rita Deasing in Terrace. And I kid you not, there was a slug that must have been at least like seven to like 10 inches long. And I've never in my life seen one so big. And part of my art practice too, is that when I have an animal come across my path in a significant way, I look it up what the meaning is. And it just so happens that slugs represent the LGBTQ and embracing that authentic um, self and um, just being your true authentic self basically. So I was like, okay, so I quickly did a little illustration of a form line slug. And then when you approached me with this podcast, I was like, oh, I have an image. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, you know, I just really appreciated your trust with sort of handing this image off to me and letting me kind of run with it. And I did a little bit of reading about 
slugs as well when you kind of told me that story initially and just some really interesting stuff because they're hermaphroditic. So for me, there was also all this stuff that came up about gender and like that piece of it and really just like all these intersectionality, like all these layers that kind of make up our identities in in all of the different ways. So yeah, it just felt really perfect, especially for the variety of people that I've had the opportunity to chat with so far. Everyone's got such unique experiences and it's just been really super lovely. Very cool. So yeah, I guess kind of stemming from that, the, the slug, this imagery, and you talked about this new process of discovering your two-spirit identity. And I just wondered if you could share kind of what what two-spirit means to you and maybe sort of some things that kind of helped bring you to want to go down the path of discovering that within yourself? So from the teachings that I've learned is that generally healers are two-spirit and they need to be two-spirit because they walk on two in two worlds. And I do find myself identifying with that and making sure that when anybody comes across my path and I need to like, in some way, like help or just give my experience that I do have that ability to understand both sides. And like, I don't claim myself as a healer, but I have been told that I am a very gifted person and I've embraced that and started to identify what that means. And even with my mental health, just making sure that I check in with that kind of Um, foundation that I can stand on and finding myself feeling more and more questioning about the things that I've been thinking about for a long time and as I'm doing some more discovery and more understanding and just really embracing that feeling is that our people across the whole Turtle Island like we had um, a language for this type of personality And it means so many different things for different nations. So I just have to like um, specify that. Like I don't speak amongst all two-spirit people, but I'm also embracing the queer identity as well. Like I I kind of came out to my my family pretty recently, like last month and said that I identify as queer now. And I want them to like know that about me and be able to accept me for that. And that's, where I am in my journey right Wow, that's so beautiful. And wow, that's so new. Congratulations. That's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess, you know, there, there's this interesting, like that idea of coming out. And I feel like there's sort of this narrative that we've kind of had placed on all of us throughout the years is that like coming out is like this big event and like, you know, there's often a lot of fear around it about the idea of acceptance. But I just love, you know, the way that you chose to share that with your family and loved ones that it's like just showing like, you know, this is a part of me, this is what makes up the all of me. And like, that's, yeah, so important for people to know and be able to like, see you in all of your giftedness. I agree. I think I have some similar, um, I guess I can relate a bit to sort of this idea of discovery of self a little bit later in life like I kind of always knew I had these feelings of being queer when I was quite young but didn't really know how to like contextualize them or talk about them because we don't really get taught about anything like that in this like colonial educational system we get brought up in and 
So being able to kind of unpack that and like explore it now that we're older and we have all these other teachings and things behind us, I feel like that's really special. And for me, at least it's kind of, it's pretty like healing for my inner child to sort of like recognize that like this part of me has been there the whole time, even though I'm just discovering it now. So you're at Emily Carr now finishing your degree and we had an interesting conversation the last time we met about Emily Carr and sort of, I guess, artistic burnout and your experiences at Frida Diesling and kind of how that was healing for your art journey as well. How are you finding that, bringing all that with you back to Emily Carr now? Like, how has that changed your process of working? Right when I was getting my burnout, I was going through a bit of an identity crisis and then um, going to Frida Deesing, I was able to gain that cultural foundation and then basically understand like this is this is the nation that I'm from and this is the art style that we have and really showcase that. And when I'm in Emily Carr now, um, I definitely have something like firm firm ground, just a, like a big confidence and even my art style, like in my visual art studio class, we had a moment where I was able to share a design that I've been working on and it just, it felt like I was able to give not just me, but my, my nation, my identity, everybody just, just to give them like a little bit of insight who I am and also like share like the meaning behind my work. And um, it was just, it was a really great critique. It, it went really well. And that has basically been like one of my highlights so far at this, at the school. That's so cool. I feel like I can really relate to that feeling of like, oh, that was a really good critique. That was a really good crit. Like (laughs) that's really satisfying in the context of like Emily Carr, but also just like, that's so cool. Like the the way your face lit up when you said you're coming in with confidence, like like, I can see it in you. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of like backing up, coming back to that sharing of your experience and uh, yeah I guess just coming back into your school process with this kind of new way of working I'm really excited to see what you make and uh, I'm curious if you have any um like directions you're thinking of going in or I know it's like it can be so nebulous but I'm assuming there'll be kind of like a like a final project or showing perhaps that you're sort of working towards so far Basically, like we talked about um, connecting with Martha. Um, so she has a show that she has planned that basically showcases like a journey of healing and a fusion of two Indigenous identities. And so that's a lot like that actually is one of like the main focuses of my art because I come from two identities, being South American and also Indig- um, North America, Northwest Coast specifically. So most of my work is talking about that ability to walk in both worlds. And then at the same time, things that I'm very passionate about, like the environment specifically, and trying to be an advocate for that. And then also, I guess, in in the sense too, is like embracing my two-spirit identity as well, and then like being fluid with that. And then, so overall, when it comes to that show that she's proposing, a lot of my work that I'm making now, I'm hoping to put in that show because it speaks along the same 
context in the near future. Like I hope that I have an like an abundance of pieces that I can create and make a a solo show at some point just to show my journey. But until then, I think focus on school and then do my best at <laughs> sorry, doing my best at basically creating. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm really excited to see the work that you and Martha come up with. And for those that don't know, Martha Wirtz is a local to Smithers multimedia artist. I know her best from her watercolor work. But yeah, she is an an artist from Colombia and really excited to see what you guys are coming up with together. Yeah. And just hearing you speak about, you know, that like the identity, there's a bit and that connection to two-spiritedness like there's sort of that idea of like walking in both worlds or two different energies that sounds all it's really cool and interesting to me how tied in that all is together and it really just brings me back to I feel like a theme of this podcast has been intersectionality with everyone I've talked to because everyone has these different little pieces that fit together to make up the you (laughs) but I'm just curious like I guess discovery of identity especially in relation to queerness, like for me, that's the experience I can relate to. When I moved back to Smithers, it was really important that I sort of like, you know, keep that within me and bring it back and and share it in ways that I can. And I guess that's like a long-winded way of saying like, how do you find like the exploration of that part of your identity is different, like from your like small town to now you're in the city? I grew up in the city. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely a city girl. I was born in Vancouver, raised in Victoria and throughout my life. And I'm even noticing that now that all my friends from, I guess, like high school to, to Emily Carr to, to now have all been queer. <laughs> and I just had been this person that was like, just rolling with it. And, but then I basically realized like where I left off at Emily Carr is where I started really questioning myself because I was feeling really displaced. And then moving up north, I ended up going to Frida Deesing and we ended up having like our whole, because it was a quad, so it was four of us. And then I just basically, and this is where the slug came in too. And (laughs) this conversation of like all of us being, sharing a dorm and we're all queer. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like at home, I feel like this is this is me but then I did have that realization through the friends that I was developing is that sometimes it's not always safe to project that identity and I didn't really understand that at the time but even presenting as an indigenous person that's another thing that we also face as well is like projecting this identity of who we are and having it not fully embraced by everyone so I was told as like like just to be safe and when it is appropriate to express yourself and and because of that conversation I'm having now is that like do people know that I am should I announce it or should I like do like little like hints and been learning about different things like I I just learned like because I used to wear thumb rings like all the time like that was an identifier (laughs) all these like little tips of like how to kind of showcase yourself and it was just that's that's what I'm I'm learning now and being up north I definitely feel like it is a little bit, how do you say, like a little bit closed off, but because of the new generations coming out, 
like I feel like it's being more embraced and more respected and just now I'm like I think for me to be coming out now I feel like it's a safe time to do it because of how open generations that are coming forward now are so I don't feel unsafe but I am reminded to just be cautious of that so Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah wow it's I also feel really inspired by the younger generation I had I got to interview a youth on this podcast a while back and there's something super ins inspiring about that just like confidence and security of identity at such a young age and also just like acknowledgement that it's fluid and it can change and yeah just seeing that being like so alive in a person in a way that it wasn't really for me because I also, you know, relate to that idea of safety and visibility, obviously not as an Indigenous person, but as a queer person, and <laughs> learning about like the thumb rings, different ways of flagging, <laughs> <laughs> having a carabiner, you know, like uh, <laughs> all these little things that we learn. And also like, like that feeling of unsafety, the reality of that unsafety. And to be unpacking that now in this time where there is this, like, I love that you're feeling safe to do that now. I think that's really beautiful. I don't know. Do you, do you have like plans of where you want to be after you finish school? Like sounds like city is probably the, the place you want to, you want to hang out, but. Um, for the time being, yes, I want to finish off my degree and then I'm going to have a gap year. So I'm going to have between after I'm finished Emily Carr to 2025. I'm going to have a time frame to just kind of sort out myself and really determine what it is I want to do next because 2025 is when I'm going back to Frida Deasing to do the advanced diploma and do jewelry making and advanced carving. And then after that, I kind of want to see myself in my community in Kingolas in the Nass Valley and working with, I guess, in the education system, teaching art. I did have a conversation with my education manager and, and she said that that sounds like a really promising future for me because they're in dire need of educators. So I thought with my experience, because I lived in Witset, I've done, I started off as a support worker working with infants and toddlers and then was drafted into working with, in the elementary school because of my art background. And then from there, I went from infant all the way to like high school <laughs> and have that experience and working with the children and youth and so I have that experience and I'll always cherish it and I figure if that's something I can do for my career is like bring back the teachings that I've learned in Emily Carr and Frida Deasing and bring it back to my community like the Northwest Coast Nations they're matrilineal they have a system in place to pass down your clan like your culture, your your background, basically through your mother's line. And because my mom is not Niska, I'm I'm going to need to be adopted into a clan at some point. So um, I figured by being part of the community and also really taking that time to reconnect, that will be my chance to actually become adopted and to officially have like a crest. And like, that's my dream is like to, to be adopted and, and to have like my clan and my matriarchs, my my chiefs, and and being able to um, introduce myself in my traditional language, and then after that, like 
after I've, I've spent a significant amount of time there, I want to also go back in to South America and do the same thing. So that way I can have like a foundation for both identities. And then, yeah, settling in the future. I, I see myself working on my art practice, but I don't have a designated place of where I'm going to do that. I just feel like I'll just go wherever the flow takes me, basically. So. Cool. Wow. Yeah, that's so much. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of things to look forward to yeah and I love that idea to bring back like your skills and education and how cool it is as like artists that we can use that as part of our like toolkit for for educating and sharing and building and connecting with culture and yeah I I love your dream well, thank you <laughs> I think that's really cool and uh what a powerful way of like reconnecting with that part of your heritage and identity as well thank you I'm just curious like is there anything like do you have any questions is there anything else you'd be interested in chatting about or sharing I mean as in terms of like the queer identity here in, or in Smithers stuff is there like a like a community that um meets and engages with each other or is it like it's just slowly developing or like what's like yeah that's such a good question that's been part of the exploration with this podcast is like where is the queer community because I feel like you know I bring a lot of baggage from my experiences growing up of course which being queer means that you're very isolated in this town there isn't really a central community you kind of have to leave in order to fully express or embrace yourself. And so moving back here a couple of years ago, I was just really interested in like breaking out of that narrative because I don't think it's actually true. And through this podcast alone, like I've made so many like spider webs of connections from just like the few people I've gotten to talk to. And so I'm really looking forward to doing like future seasons with all these new people I'm meeting and just kind of like taking some like ownership in terms of like building the community that I want to see. Cause it's one thing to sort of sit here and be like, Oh, like there isn't a queer community. There's no one to hang out with. And then sort of being like, well, what can I do if that's what I want to see? So I've seen some really positive, like slow building of communities here since I've moved back and like reintegration for me personally, one thing that I've been doing with some friends is we've been having like a monthly queer book club meeting, <laughs> which has just been like great, really casual, mostly just an excuse to hang out together in a library and nerd out about books that we like and that kind of thing. And just that kind of like informal, like it sounds so simple, like creating these spaces where we can just like hang out and be ourselves and build and expand on this community in the identities that we embody now letting go of that like I don't know some of my useful baggage I guess <laughs> well uh I think I would love to ask you the question that I have asked everyone on this podcast and there's no right or wrong answer but I've been really enjoying people's answers when I ask them and that is where do you find queer joy <laughs> Oh my gosh. I guess just being yourself. I'm trying to think of like something like so huge, so momentous or so like 
powerful statement, but I guess it's just, just being yourself and, and feeling like happy being yourself. I guess my best moments were literally just finding those friendships, those connections with other queer, queer people and just having those like relatable moments where you're just happy in their presence and other queer, queer family. And I just, I think that that's like my queer joy is like amongst other people and feeling that that genuine connection. And I look forward to making new ones. And I also look back and I really miss those other ones. So just I guess that's where my queer joy is. That's really cool. That's totally it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you nailed it. I love that. And, you know, time is a funny thing. There's like the past and the future. And in some ways, it's kind of all existing at once. And I'm really glad that I got to be a little intersecting path with you on your journey. And I hope we cross paths again. And uh, yeah, like I'm going to carry that with me definitely moving forward and really looking forward to seeing all the things that you do in the future. Yeah, it's just been really wonderful. I'm so glad I got to meet you. Shout out to the Queer Boom Artist Residency that we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was a really, I'm so glad of the connections that I made from that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you so much, Carmen, for sitting down and chatting with me. I really appreciate your openness to this podcast process. I feel like it's going to be great. (laughs) Can't wait to uh, yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> it's incredible and I'm so honored to be like a part of it and to be asked and even to collaborate so I'm just like I just wanted to say thank you as well and yeah definitely in the future when I'm back up north I'd like to hang out some more and totally right. yeah <laughs> thanks to my guest Carmen Redenante this podcast is presented by the Bulky Valley Concert Association and funded through the Canada Arts Council. Hosted by me, Robin, and edited by Pamela Hassan. Big thanks to CICK Smithers Community Radio for recording support. Maddie J for the theme song. Big thanks to CICK Smithers Community Radio for recording support.